I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Oops the Podcast. I am Julio Gallarati, joined, as always, by Francis Ellis. How you doing, buddy? It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me with you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, we have a great guest today, a hilarious comedian. You might have seen him on MTV's Safe Word. He's also the originator of the sketch channel Handsome Dancer. Please give it up for Matt Pavich, everybody. Ah, yes, I can hear them. It's beautiful. I'm going to clap for myself. Cause nice. Good for you, buddy. I actually texted Pavich before this being like, let me know what credits I should say because Francis has been accusing me regularly of giving terrible intros to all of our guests. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully yeah. so. Matt, you should see some of it. Like we'll have, we'll have, you know, a really big guest on and I'll, Julio takes the reins on the intro and he's like, this, this person is so funny. The, f- the funniest, uh, give it up <laughs> for her. And you're like, do they feel welcome? I mean, <laughs> One time I was, uh, my buddy and Dan and I run a show and he was running a show by himself. And uh, one of the hosts, Michael Stafford, like he doesn't do stand up that often, but he was hosting the show. And Daniel Simonson was on the show. You guys know Daniel Simonson. One of the funniest people alive. Yeah. He's great. And uh, he tells uh, Stafford, he goes, this guy, just tell him they're from Norway, that he's from Norway. That's like Simonson's intro. And uh, Stafford gets on the mic. He's like, this guy just flew in from Norway, never done stand-up before, Daniel Simonson. <laughs> Simonson was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, that, that's not the worst intro because I feel like then the crowd would potentially be more on his side or be so blown away by how good he is that, you know, they're like, we just watched – a phenom. This is the first time he ever did it. He's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he talked about it for like a couple of minutes. And that's right. I've never done stand-up before yeah. in my life. <laughs> my cat. Matt, <laughs> you, um, for those of you listening at home but not watching, Matt has behind him a wall of sports memorabilia. Yes. Uh, but of a very kind of eclectic collection. There's sort of a New York theme. We've got, is that Vinny Testaverde or Joe Namath? That's Joe Namath. Joe Namath, yeah. Broadway Joe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Patrick uh, Ewing, a bunch Patrick. of other, um, well, yeah, that's, and then some what look like home f- pictures, family that's Chris- pictures. Christopher Walken, signed Christopher Walken picture. <laughs> uh, he's wow. from Astoria, so you got to represent. Is this the Pavish a- jersey a relative or just one that you ordered? Nah, that's me, man. That's from my one-hand touch football league. I play it on Sundays. Shout out Chop City. We won the championship five out of six last years. Uh, we're still still going strong. That's Mario Mandzukic, uh, Croatian yep. soccer Croatian player. Croatian soccer player. Yeah. What's your connection to Mario Mandzukic? Uh, I look like him a lot, and True. my father is Croatian. So mm-hmm. uh, it was that one summer that we finished second in the World Cup was yep. a to France. roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember the guy who went home early because he wasn't playing? Oh, yeah. That was a big story. Uh, yeah. Who was that? It was some – there was a – Julia, do you remember this? There was a soccer player on the Croatian national team who, after, like, 
in the group stages, he was coming off the bench and he was such a prima donna that he decided to basically quit the team in the middle of the World Cup and went home because he, he couldn't home, handle yeah. that he wasn't starting. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was Kalinic. Yeah, and Nikola Kalinic. And they then went on to the World Cup final where they lost to France, admittedly. But, uh, you know, this was a darling team in the World Cup. Very small, you know, former uh, what, former Yugoslavia. Is that right? Yugoslavian yeah. country. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and for him, then he was the guy who had left the party before it turned into like, you know, one of the great parties of all time. So um, shame on him, right? Yeah. Also, I know we came in second place, but Croatia couldn't have partied any harder than they did. <laughs> so in my world, we won the World Cup because like they made it a national holiday. They like there was there was no more partying than you could have done in Croatia. So to me, <laughs> We won. Did it made they declare, no difference. Yeah. Did they declare the national holiday before the game had been played? No, that, that would have been extreme. I also <laughs> I'm not even sure they called, declared it a national holiday. That's like me exaggerating. But they like they didn't work for a week. Like there was parades through all of Croatia. Love it. You couldn't mm-hmm. have you couldn't have gone any harder than we did. National pride. Yeah. I have one one more point to make. It's uh, it's very telling that. Um, our guest today has a far better, more professional podcasting setup than the two hosts of the show. <laughs> I find that a little, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, he's got his headphones on. His mic arm is perfectly set up. He's got a nice background. Me- meanwhile, Julio and I are going on our 13th or 14th locations yeah. Uh, from which we've shot this thing. So um, thanks thanks for being better than us, Matt. <laughs> I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. I'm trying to start a podcast of my own. So uh, look out for that. Yes. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet, um, dude. That's so, crazy, though. The, the, a guy leaving the team because – sorry, the, this is just really – I can't stop thinking about this because it's so insane. Like that is a person who needs some perspective. <laughs> yeah. You're on a World Cup contending team and you are upset that you're not on the field, so you're quitting. Like, where are you going to go, dude? So the MLS? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, also, it's also, to do that in a country like Croatia, I, I feel like it's just dangerous. I mean, right. you are turning your back on the country and then going where? Back to the country, presumably. Yeah, I mean, right. The, the, I remember I've been to Croatia a few times, Matt, and nice. uh, it's one of my favorite places on earth. We actually took a glorified Uber, me and three friends, all the way from Montenegro to Croatia. It was like a nine-hour drive. <laughs> How much did that cost? Like $300 total. Oh, it was so much. We had planned to drive to um, the city that they shoot they used to shoot Game of Thrones in Dubrovnik. Oh, cool. Yeah, they we we had planned to drive to Dubrovnik to take the ferry from there out to Havar, which is where we were going. Havar's but we beautiful. got yeah, we got to Dubrovnik and the ferry was sold out. I don't know, we we couldn't figure out how to get them online, and so we were like, ah, shoot. So then we had to take the Ubers or the taxis to continue driving all the way up to Split, which was like an additional three or four hours. That's my favorite part in Cro- place in Croatia is Split. Split's great, yeah. By the time we got to Split, my friend was wearing a T-shirt that he'd bought at some little stall down in Montenegro, and it was 
for it was for some Serbian soccer team. Oh. And he was wearing it when we got out of the cars in split. And this guy, the second he my friend got out of the car, it was so clear that we were like American tourist idiots. The second he got out of the car, a guy came up to him and he was like, Are you not from here? And my friend was like, No, we're we're just we just we just rolled in. <laughs> and the guy was like, You need to take that shirt off right now, or people are gonna hurt you. And, yeah. it, and he was like, and if they don't, I will. <laughs> and he was like, no problem. I'm not wedded to this shirt. You know, no big deal. Throw, throw uh, in the water. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we went out to Havar. Havar is one of my favorite. I mean, if you're still into like partying, that's just, that place is fucking bonkers, dude. Yeah, so that place fun. was pretty nuts too. I yeah. fell asleep on the beach in Havar. No, no surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Hopefully not wearing a Serbia jersey. No, no <laughs> Serbia jersey in sight. Hilarious. Matt, I want to ask you um, about, uh, and Julio, I'm sure you have some, some questions for Pavic too, but um, given that you two know each other pretty well, Matt, you and I have crossed paths in a couple of green rooms at you know New York Comedy Club here and there, but our conversations have always been kind of uh, on a surface level. I am such a fan of the coincidence video. Thank you. Wow, you can really dance. Wow, you can really dance. He went. He went. They said we've both been dancing all this time. What a coincidence. And I know, I'm sure everyone has asked you about this. For, for people out there, it, you may recall, this was a, a, a music video that you guys created a number of years ago, right? Like what, 2005 like years at this point. Yeah, 2015, 2014. And it's, uh, you know, up around 10 million views. Um, it has experienced a renaissance, a second wind as a result of TikTok, um, yes. where people have clipped, you know, the what a coincidence. Um, wow, and, uh, you can really dance. Yeah, wow, you can really dance. Um, and they've been, you know, making new dances and things. It's a perfect thing for TikTok. Um, tell us a little bit about the origin of that idea, how you shot it, and did you know as you were making it, like, this is going to be big? Uh, okay. So originally, uh, me and James Manzello, uh we're in an audition room for a show we did called Joking Off years ago. Mm. And uh, James had written this song, dance, 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 dance. What a coincidence for uh, this show we used to do called Love in a Tub, which was like this really like ridiculous. I don't even know. It was like an 80s hair band that went off the rails. Very weird <laughs> live show. And we're in the audition room and I'm like, dude, do the, do the coincidence thing. Do like, I, f I forget what the prompt was, but we like did it in the audition room. It killed in the audition room. And then we're downstairs uh, from the audition uh, in Times Square. And we're like, dude, we got to make that a thing. That was like, that worked way too well in the audition room. We got to like somehow expand on that thing. Uh, we were like, what if it's a song that cures all the problems in the world? And we we're like, that's great. That's great. Uh, like two hours later, I get a text on my phone and it's the whole lyrics for Coincidence. James Real. just drafted up like everything. And I was like, this is fucking genius. We have to, we have to shoot this as soon as possible. 
we corralled, you know, Julio. We we got a bunch of friends uh, to to play every part. And there was like a magic because we've shot a lot of things together, me and James and Julio. But there was like something about that production that we were like, this is going to be our most successful thing for for the internet. It might not be like the the most in like intellectually stimulating uh thing that we've done or like the smartest thing that we've done it's kind of stupid and uh so we just rode with it and uh we got zach ray to shoot it who's like an unbelievable uh cinematographer and um it became this thing and like it it did well like considering our we usually get like two thousand views on our youtube videos it was doing better than that. And like people were sharing it more and I was like, Oh, okay, this could maybe be something. And then like a couple big people shared it. And I was like, Oh wow, this is like actually catching some steam. We didn't think about it for however long. And then we got an inbox in our, in the handsome dancer Gmail that was like, Hey, we're from in broken English. Like, Hey, we're from Taiwan. We want you to come shoot a car commercial uh for us in taiwan and we were like oh this is spam like we didn't even take it seriously we thought it was (laughs) spam uh and then like we got a couple more messages like that from the same email we were like maybe this is real and we like reached out to them and they were serious this car company skoda wanted to fly us out to taiwan to shoot a car commercial in taiwan in taipei which is like the capital city and we were like this is unbelievable they flew us out we were like celebrities in Taiwan, dude. It was so weird. Everybody knew the song. Cause like these two girls did the dance and the song on their like blog in Taiwan. And they're like pretty big, like in Taiwan. So we're huge in Taiwan. Uh, dude, the basketball game. Oh yeah. <laughs> this we, is crazy. This is how, this is how we knew the email was real was because they <laughs> sent us a video of a halftime show of a woman's basketball game in Taiwan and they're blasting coincidence over the speakers. And the women's basketball team is doing the dance at halftime. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Yeah, and we were just like, this is real life. This is like, what is happening? Because in America, we it probably had like maybe half a million views at that point. And we were stoked about that. We were like, that's way more than we've ever gotten. But all of them were coming from Taiwan when we looked at the analytics and we were like, oh my God, this is a thing. So they flew us over. It was like eight days. It was like a fever dream, dude. Like Asia is a totally different place. They took us to the uh, the museum. They're like, you got to see the rock that looks like cabbage at this museum. <laughs> and we were like, well, what do you mean? And they were like, check it out, man. It's the rock that looks like cabbage. Go to the museum. It's it's. Dude, we waited online. People are taking pictures. We're really excited to see what this thing is. It is, I swear to God, a rock this big that someone chiseled. It wasn't even naturally found like that to look like cabbage. And this was the main event at this Taiwanese museum. And we were just like, whoa, we are in Asia. You know, this, is, this is a different ballgame. Dude, really quick. When, when I was Hilarious. in China, we went to the National Cigarette Museum. And it was it was like a government-run museum that walked you through the history of c- cigarettes, 
and tobacco and their importance to China, glorifying <laughs> tobacco farmers, the brands, you know, and, and, and a lot, all those tobacco brands are like run and owned by the government. So yeah. by the way, we were, there was only, there were only two other people in the entire museum. This is a massive museum, by the way. Yeah. Um, and the only other two people was like a dad and his like six year old son. And the dad was like pointing and teaching his son the glorious tradition of smoking <laughs> cigarettes. There are those videos every like a couple years of like a, a fat Chinese kid just smoking a whole pack of cigarettes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is like embedded in their culture in a major way. Oh, I got shout out to Zach Ray again. He was like, yo, can you PA on this uh, thing that I'm doing? Like, like be a production assistant. I don't really know what I'm doing when it comes to stuff like that. But it was at the Dorito factory. And I got to eat a, a hot Dorito fresh off the. Uh, wow. Oh, wow. Fresh off. Was the this factory. recent? No, this was like probably like two or three years ago. Oh, sick. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. And they were delicious. <laughs> the video was so weird. It was just like slow motion of like Doritos being made. I don't know what they needed it for, mm. but I got to eat a Dorito. Aren't those, weren't those blindingly spicy though? No, they were, they were, they were like just more crunchy. If that makes any sense. Oh, you're talking about, I thought when you said a hot Dorito, I thought you meant one of those like dare spicy ones that remember when those came out those yeah. doritos that were like flaming hot no that's cheetos can you right? handle it yeah. no yeah the, the, it would be like a single chip and people would dare some like Shaq did it and people right. were you'd cough and you'd be crying yes, i do remember that the one uh, chip challenge but I, it wasn't that it was just literally the chips were hot because they were fresh off the that's cool the, the press that sounds yeah. good yeah, 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 yeah. so sick. sorry i didn't mean to i didn't mean to stop you so you how did you know when you went and shot this commercial yeah uh, did you guys know what you were going to get paid like did you we, we knew we were going to get paid we didn't know we were going to do like a whole ass ad campaign for them we thought we were going to shoot a video but dude they did a flash mob in the middle of taipei a thousand <laughs> people showed up and just were doing the dance with us they got the like best Taiwanese dancers to come and do like a circle with us. And like, we're doing the one move and these guys are doing full on break dance. We felt like such idiots. Like they, they were like, do the move again. And we were like, again, like my shoulder hurt by the end of the trip. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was nuts, dude. People wanted autographs. People wanted to take pictures. People, it was, and then we come home and, you know, I'm doing, a show at who knows some pizza shop in the back of Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah. For it's, getting yeah. paid in pizza. Getting paid in pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, uh, w you guys, uh, we'll include a clip of this, of the song in the, uh, in the episode in case you guys, you know, are too lazy to go check out the YouTube video, which I do recommend you do. And I guess for the YouTube, maybe we'll put a little piece of it in there as well. Um, one thing that I noticed when I was working on this with you guys, and by working, and I mean appearing very briefly in it, but when, and when you guys would make videos, I noticed this as well, and it's a testament to how much people want to be part of stuff that's cool. You know what I mean? So if somebody, if you guys asked somebody to to work on something, they were so excited to do it. And I remember that you made that video for like close to zero dollars. Yeah, it was it was cheap. 
and like that again like borrowing equipment from people borrowing people's time i remember that you had like producers involved who were also donating their time and like it's very powerful to have a good plan in this business it's just so hard to like sit down and focus and come up with that plan but once yeah. you can do that you really can do amazing things and i think this video is a testament to that for sure thanks man yeah for sure um, and is there a place we can see that car commercial? Is that still out there? Yeah, it's still, if you type in Skoda, S-K-O-D-A, and then Handsome Dancer, uh, it's got like a millions of views in, in Taiwan. Again, it's just like, it's, it's a <laughs> hilarious, hilarious depiction of coincidence. Nice. And so then, like what, you know, we're like not doing anything with it. We think, you know, wow, that's crazy. We got to travel the world because of this video. That's so cool. And then the TikTok thing, dude, I don't know how that happened. Someone just bit the clip and posted it. And we got zero credit for it because it's TikTok. No one even knows the original song or dance. And there's people like making merch with it now. Like it, it's uh. taken on a completely other world that we never expected or were ready for really. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if people make money off TikTok or how you do, but we didn't. But is is the track connected? Like usually there's a there's a source track. Now like, it is. Oh, that's great. It, it it took a long time um because at first they were just like using this girl who Major Kane or something is the one that it was it said it was an original sound from her. But uh. now now somehow TikTok like went in I guess and like reevaluated it and it's linked to the handsome dancer song every time like like j-lo did it dude terry cruz was doing yeah it. i saw the terry cruz one i've seen a bunch of them yeah right now but does uh, it frustrate you that your thing is being used like that and you guys are not getting paid for it or are you just happy to have it out there and making people happy and shit at first i was like upset about it and i was like i'm such an idiot like i really should have capitalized on this this is you know uh making like millions of people have seen it and no one even knows who originated it and then i was like this is kind of cool this is like what did we expect we made a video for the internet like mm -hmm. this right. kind of won at what we were trying to do like make a viral video that was the point of this whole thing it it went viral it just in mm -hmm. a different way mm -hmm. right and at least you made some money i mean the commercial yeah. is like a great no for like, sure if 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 you were making this video and they're like, listen, here's the deal. Millions of people are going to hear it. You might not make money for that necessarily. You're going to get millions of hits for it. You're going to get a bunch of clout for it. And you're going to get a paycheck from a commercial. Are you down to do it? You would have said yes. Oh, yeah. And you get to go to Taiwan. I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Right. Sign mm -hmm. me up. <laughs> I remember I was, I was thinking about coming with you guys, but I think I just didn't have enough money to like pay for the trip at the time. Dude, the, one of the biggest regrets of my life is not, just doing a whole asia tour dude we could have we could not not for coincidence but just like seeing asia like i could have gone to vietnam i could have gone to i right. could have stayed in taiwan for a little bit they were like you can stay here and become a model and i was like i don't know i don't know if that's what i want to do but they were they were seriously trying to convince me and james to stay there and become male models and who i bet knows? he loved that yeah of course of course he did. He was trying to convince me to stay. And I was like, no, dude, like we got to get home. Like, I right, know. right, right. What, Poor James. what, what made you come home? The ticket was only for the eight days. And like, we didn't have a place to stay. And I mean, I could have figured it all out if I was more adventurous. 
but mm-hmm. I'm not really that type of guy that just like pulls the trigger on an Asia trip while I'm already in Asia, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's a very me thing to do, realistically. Yes, guess- that is the most Julia thing. I'm staying in, I'm staying in Taiwan. Man, where, yeah. you li- where are you living? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Francis, so this, is, this reminds me of something funny. So Pavage brought his girlfriend at the time with him. And so, and James, so James inevitably is like sort of third wheeling. And like a couple years before that, James and I randomly booked this Apple commercial that shot in Prague. And I brought my girlfriend to that. So James was third wheeling. So James is like booking all these great international gigs, but like he's the third wheel in every single situation, which is like, must've been a bummer, dude. Yeah. He wasn't thrilled about it. He told he me like once, he told me once we got there, he was like, you know, you never asked me if you could bring your girlfriend. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think I had to ask. And he was like, well, I thought it'd be like more of a boy's trip. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. That's a tough one to navigate. <laughs> I, I, I could see it both ways. Yeah. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast and there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. So dude, Pavich, or sorry, what were you going to say? Go ahead, ahead, G. No, 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 you got it. Um, All right. So, you know, you, I wanted to ask you about this because we've talked about it a couple of times uh, when we talk about, you know, bipolar disorder if that's what it's called i'm sorry if i'm saying that incorrectly i know you're open about talking about this uh you're open about talking about this in your stand-up and stuff so i've always wanted to ask you because um people like to people throw it around a lot and i'm sure people suffer from it in like in in different degrees but you're a person who i know it has really affected um in a way that is you know pretty significant to the point where like you know your friends know to like if maybe you're starting to like have an episode or whatever like there are indications that are sometimes yeah. like sometimes the indications like we're talking about them in a serious manner but they're like kind of funny things so yeah, be like yeah. oh dude pavich is wearing jewelry again dude like <laughs> here we go <laughs> or, a band- up. <laughs> or a bandana you know it's bad if i'm wearing a bandana dude Right. There's like a list. Like one of them is that you're playing pickup basketball in the cage with normal clothes on. <laughs> That's one of the things. In jeans uh, <laughs> and, and like a dress shirt. And I'm just drenched in sweat. Ricky always tells that story. He's like, yeah. I was like, where did you, what did you play in? Did you change? And I'm just like, no, nope, played in this. <laughs> you were that guy. Yeah. And, and I'm, I don't want people to think who are listening that I'm being insensitive. Like Matt is one of my best friends. And, you know, we talk, you know, we, we're, we talk about this and joke about it all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I have so many questions for you about it that maybe I've never asked. And one of them, I think, pertains directly to this time that we're going through. You know, they've kind of been saying in the media how, like, um, you know, with all the COVID stuff, uh, like, people who have kind of existing mental illnesses are maybe more vulnerable to having episodes or that kind of stuff. And I wanted to know your personal take on that, how it's affected you, if it has affected you. And like what you think about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, just a little background. I am bipolar one. 
which is different than bipolar two. Bipolar one, I get like manic episodes that are so uh, strong that I have to be like hospitalized. There's not like, there's like different degrees of like mania. Bipolar two, you get like hypomanic phases. So you're not like full blown manic. And when I'm manic, like you said, like I chain smoke cigarettes. I, uh, I, I rap, which is not good for anybody. I think I can rap. Uh, I, I just blast music everywhere that I go. Um, I, I'm, into- I'm insufferable to be around pretty much. Like I talk really fast. I think I'm the greatest like genius uh, savant of all time. And uh, so there are a lot of telltale signs. So now that I'm like living with my girlfriend and she's like, she's gone through one of those manic episodes with me, it is really helpful to have someone to like check you every now and then during quarantine. I haven't had any like manic uh, tendencies, but definitely like towards the depressed area. We're just like, Whoa, like what is happening in the world? Like sleeping too much. Like, cause that is also part of bipolar is you're not just manic. You crash and have like, depressive episodes so there has been like a lot of like woe is me like but i am medicated which is good and i've been going to therapy over the phone which is huge and i have like meetings with my psychiatrist psychiatrist yeah that's the right word uh like once a month so i am like trying very actively to like do the right thing during quarantine because i know that it is like a scary time uh so there hasn't been any like manic stuff but there has been some depressive issues during the quarantine. I know that's like less funny. <laughs> no, we're, we weren't hoping for the funniest answer on this topic necessarily. Uh, Matt, what, what, um, is there anything in particular that triggers these manic episodes? Yeah, I think uh, not taking my meds is a huge part of it. Uh, I get, I kind of get in these grooves where I'm like, it's ruining my creativity. Like it's desensitizing my brain. Uh, it's like, uh, making me too tired. So I'll be like, I'm just going to go off the meds and see how I feel. That's what I've done. Like most of my twenties, anytime that I'm doing like, all right. And it really fucks me up. And then I start doing drugs and then I start like trying to self-medicate the highs and the lows. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm fucked. Also, it's like a seasonal thing. Like when the weather gets warmer for some reason, that's when I've had like all of my manic episodes. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I can't figure out what that is, but apparently it's like quite common. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, sort of. You know, it's starting to get nice out. You're feeling good. You're like, fuck, you know, riding sort of the natural high that comes along with the weather changing. Yeah. Well, here's a question. What happens in your brain where during this happening uh you decide i need to rap that's a good question <laughs> no it's a that's a really good question i think it's most it mostly comes from like a delusional self of uh like a delusional sense of grandeur like you get delusions of grandeur when you're manic and i just think i'm such hot shit that I should share this blessing of my rap skills with the world. And dude, I can play you some of the songs. I mean, it's just like rambling of just how awesome I am. 
and how much like I love doing cocaine and like I'm like showing this to like my family I'm like what do you think of this new song and they're just like oh we need to check you in again (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny because what you just described sounds like the basis of every rap song written in the 2000s and It makes you wonder how many rappers are are undiagnosed bipolar disorder people. Dude, I and do Kanye's all... Kanye's running for president, dude. Yeah, like he's definitely. I don't want to diagnose anyone, but he has some sort of manic symptoms of you know the delusions of grandeur. The I mean, yeah, and I what happens in my brain it's hard to like know because I have like blackouts from manic episodes. Like I don't remember everything. And uh, I don't really understand, like, why I would rap. But I think it mostly comes from me just thinking I am the shit, dude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every thought that I have, I'm like, this is the one. This is the one that's going to, I'm going to make it because of this thought. And then I write it down and it's like, cereal's not that good when it's cold. Like, it's like, what? Like, Uh, Sorry, dude. Yeah, it sucks. Well, I've noticed too, like... You've definitely had moments, you know, and, and you've said this to me before, but you've had moments where like it's, it has impacted your momentum in your career or it, it, it has affected your, your work life. And it, it has, have, has it taken time to get to a point for you or have you not gotten to a point yet where you can do this, but like where you just put it behind you and look forward where you're like, I could sit here and dwell on how I like fucked up my momentum. As, but like, I, like, how do you deal with that? Like mentally? That's- that's one of the most crippling things about this whole thing is just like the regret and like the, the embarrassment of things that you've done when you're manic. Like I have, I have like friends that I haven't seen. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to like remember what I did last time I saw them. And like my really good friends have like expressed to me, like UG, like I've expressed to me, like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, we know that's not you. Like, when we, 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 no one holds you accountable like I, not that i'm not accountable but like we understand that all of that was from this fucking horrible illness like you're okay. good like we understand but i do dwell on the past way too much and it's something i'm trying to like get better at and let go of because it's just it's just crippling even even yeah. if you're not even if you're not manic or, or bipolar or whatever just thinking about like all the bad shit you've done like what fucking you, you learn from it and you move on, but like, there's really no point in just dwelling on all the stupid shit that you said and have done and like opportunities you've ruined. Mm-hmm. Are you totally. capable as you've come to terms with your bipolar disorder, are you more capable of recognizing signs that you are coming into a manic episode or even stepping outside of yourself while you're in one and saying, Oh shit, things have come loose. I need to sort this out. Uh, Unfortunately, I have not been able to do that in any of my manic episodes. Uh, It's, I really hope that I'm at a point now Uh, I'm thinking about like getting tattoos. I know that that sounds crazy, but like listen tattoos and like, trying to do something to like I one time I wrote a letter to myself when I was like in a sound state of mind and was like give me this letter if I'm acting up uh and I will I will read it and I did read it and I was just like fuck this letter like I'm I'm, 
I'm the shit. Like, I, I don't know who wrote this letter. Like, it was so obviously me, and I was just like, nah, fuck all that. So, that sounds like a, a far less romantic version of the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah much sadder, more psych-worthy. Read me this letter, and I'll come back to you from the, 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 the thralls of uh, Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, everything that I'm doing right now, all the work that I'm doing with my therapist and my psychiatrist and like my family is like, let's try and get to a point where I can recognize that I am going into a manic episode. And uh, to be totally fair to myself, uh, a few months ago, maybe like a year ago at this point, uh, my girlfriend and my buddy were like, dude, I think you're you know, you're on social media a little bit more, you're like smoking cigarettes a little bit more, what's going on? And I was able to like start making sure that I went to bed at the same time, like, mm. uh, and making sure I got enough rest and like slowed down. And I think that I did avoid a manic episode from that. So that was like the most success I've had with it. And that was like a year ago. So hopefully, you know, I will be able to step out of it and chill this next time that it happened that's the thing too it's like it's always like coming or not coming mm -hmm. it sucks mm -hmm. yeah man. well good for you for fighting the good fight man i mean what what would you say to people who are going through similar things um as you are like what i mean is there anything you can say to offer any like hope or inspiration or anything that you've learned yeah you just gotta fight you have to really actively uh like you said, fight the good fight, make sure you're going to your appointments with your, your therapist and your psychiatrist and that you're taking your meds and that you're going to bed at a reasonable time and waking up at a reasonable time. Sleep is like such an important part of this whole thing. When I'm manic, I don't sleep for like days. It's like superhuman, like how little I sleep. Uh, so yeah, just take your meds. Uh, if the meds are not right for you, like don't be shy and like tell your psychiatrist and, and try. It took me years to find the right milligram dose and like right medicine. And even like sometimes now I'm like, maybe I should tweak it a little bit. It's like, it's an ongoing struggle, but you just have to do the work. Journaling is a huge thing because you can look at your journal and be like, hmm. I just wrote 16 pages today. Maybe I'm, um, maybe something, <laughs> you know? Dude, um, one of the m things that's really stuck with me from Gary Goleman's recent HBO special, The Great Depression, was, so it's so good. If you haven't so seen good. it, go watch it immediately. Um, it's an amazing sort of treatise on mental health as, as well as a fascinating look at, at self-discovery through crippling crippling depression and one of the things that he talked about was how the medications i mean he's been fighting depression uh for you know whatever his whole life 40 odd years and how he had he and at one point in the special he lists all of the medicines that he's taken and it's like 35 different medications yeah. and sometimes he'll take them in combinations with each other and some will exacerbate certain symptoms and it's this crazy tweaking of dosing uh, of dosages and uh and mixtures and and it, it, your brain is constantly evolving so like if he adjusts to one he has to kind of switch and go to another and um i have to believe i mean that 
that is an exhausting part of it, but also one of the most important uh, aspects of, of fighting mental illness. Yeah, just getting over like the idea, this, this recently has been like a thing that I've uh, finally come to grips with is like the medicine is not bad. Like for, for so long, I was like, fuck these meds, the pharmaceutical companies are trying to cash in on my mental illness, fuck all that, I'm, I'm bipolar and I'm proud, like all this, just like, just take the meds. I mean, don't take like any meds that they're giving you, but like find the one that's right for you and like take it every day. That would be my advice. Here's, here's another question. Um, what, do you, what do you think about people, especially big prominent figures, I don't want to say Scientologists directly, but anybody that basically says psychology and psychiatry are a quack science. It's all bullshit. You can self-heal through, you know, meditation, whatever the fuck. Um, you know, do you think, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about those people? I mean, you know, to each their own, I guess. You know, do they use like healing crystals? I don't even know what they're using. <laughs> like, I, I think my, my therapy has helped more than probably anything even more than the meds it's just like talking shit out and like getting over the horrible stigma of you know i was like so ashamed of it for so long and then finally one therapist was like why don't you talk about it on stage and that was probably the most liberating thing that ever i have ever done is just being like yeah i'm bipolar like it's not a secret and then you know you don't feel as ashamed of it people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. You know, I saw you dancing for six hours on, you know, like, yeah, like <laughs> I was I just thought you were on drugs. Like, you know, like things it just it just makes it easier if you're honest and like having dialogue about it mm. rather than hiding this, you know, thing that's so such a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally, dude. Do you think there, there's such a prevalence of, uh, of mental illness in stand-up comedy? I mean, we've talked about it many times. I, I always wonder if it's like a chicken or an egg thing. Like, does the field attract people who are suffering from mental illness? Or once they get into it, do they sort of realize, I have some problems? So that's my first question. And then my second question would be, do you think that everybody who goes up on stage and talks about their mental illness, whether it's bipolar disorder or depression, do you think that everyone is being completely honest and sincere? Or do you think that there are some comedians who lean into that because maybe they realize that this is a theme that is very common and mind and like there's a lot of humor to be found within it? It's um, hot right now. Yeah, yeah. Mental, yeah. mental illness is so hot right now. Let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> I really hope not. If anyone's doing that, you there's like that's like fucked up. Uh, yeah, yeah totally. I never even thought about that. No, I think I think it's just so prevalent that everyone has an experience with it, even if it's not directly like you that's affected by it. Everyone has a family member. Everyone has a friend. You know. I now that I'm talking about it on stage, like a lot, people come up to me after shows like I'm mentally ill too. I pulled a knife out on my dad. Like it's like <laughs> my my fan base uh, fan base is really going to be a, a very funny one. I think once it's all said and done, Taiwanese and the mentally ill. 
so uh, I really hope no one's doing that. That would that would be crazy. And the chicken or the egg thing is is so. I mean, the lifestyle of being a comic is not really that healthy. So I I would prop, but like it also does attract. That's a tough one. I really don't know. Uh, both, I, I would, right? I would say both. I think yeah. uh, definitely people are attracted to doing stand-up comedy because they're mentally ill. And I would say that the game of stand-up comedy could could exacerbate, you know, in a major way, all of the symptoms and just like the, look at the life that we live. You know, like yeah, going to you know, it's it's. It's the grind is impossible. It's late at night. It's it's surrounded constantly by by drinking and yeah. marijuana, and there's a, a crazy like uh, one of the, I mean, one of the things that I've often told my girlfriend to try to justify why I smoke weed as much as I do, is that I. Um, I'm often out doing spots until midnight or whatever. And I get home and I don't want to need two hours to unwind from the adrenaline rush of performing. And so I'll puff, you know, a joint a couple times and then that brings me down and then I can get to bed earlier. But yeah, I don't even know that's, if that's true. Yeah. But I, like, I don't even know if that's true or if that's just something I tell myself to, to <laughs> rationalize how much weed I smoke. That's how lost in the clouds i am on this shit <laughs> yeah uh, my my uh relationship with weed has been very uh tumultuous also because like doctors say that it can you know make symptoms worse and stuff but i've always i've always been like it helps with anxiety but then sometimes i get anxiety from smoking weed so like the jury's really not out i know we're like gonna legalize it and that's great and like all that but like I think there is a correlation, a stronger correlation than people will, are willing to admit between like mental illness stuff and how strong weed is these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Francis, I think it's, it's a nice testament to your, pers to your complicated personality that you are a really big pot smoker. I remember before we knew each other really well, I gave Francis an edible once and I was like, don't eat the whole thing. And Francis is like, dude, I got it. Like Francis. Yeah. I think I said to Julio, I think this is what I said. I think I said, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> I think those are the words I chose. <laughs> like realistically, I, your tolerance yeah. for edibles is like significantly higher than mine. Yeah. I'm talking to you like you don't know anything. It's so funny. But I, I, I do have a hard and fast rule, which I abide by with weed, which is that I won't smoke it or eat it when the sun is still out oh. during like a, the working week you know what i mean on That's rare occasions really like it, rule. yeah if i'm rule. if i'm on vacation or you know i'm out here and like this weekend went to a fourth of july party and like yeah i i smoked some weed or whatever but i won't touch it before exercising before getting my work done i view it like having a glass of wine right the problem is my tolerance has gone up so much that like my nightly glass of wine has become my nightly box or jug of wine. Yeah. Um, and that is a little troubling. Yeah. I think you'll be all right. I think you'll yeah, be all right we'll too. Um, cool. Well, awesome. Um, gee, any further questions for our dear friend, Matt Pavich? No, I think that's it for me. Uh, Matt, where can we uh, find you and all that stuff? Uh, Matt Pavich comedy is my Instagram. Just dropped a good sketch on there. 
Uh, that's a very funny sketch, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> Check uh, it out. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only one. Awesome. Check him out, guys. Matt Pavich comedy. Um, that's uh, that's Matt Pavich talking all things mental health and otherwise. And uh, also go back and watch the coincidence video again because it's so fucking good. Um, we are Oops the Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Matt. We'll see you guys soon. Uh, send everything you've got to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com and we'll see you tomorrow. And check out the YouTube channel. Hell yeah. <laughs>